This podcast contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. podcast where we chat all things creepy cannabis true crime paranormal and weird i'm natalie i'm rachel and here we are here we are we said fuck it so we're gonna do um what's his name again albert fish mm-hmm. albert hamilton fish y'all know if you're into true crime you fucking know but before we get into that madeline is going to she's gonna help us ease into it mm-hmm. so The strain that I'm smoking today is called Mimosa. And Don't tease a bitch with a mimosa right now. I love a good mimosa. It's a sativa dominant hybrid, so like 70-30. Um, it is a cross between Purple Punch and Clementine. Ooh! So I love Clementines. Good for an early morning pick-me-up. <laughs> yeah. Um... It gives users an energetic, clear-headed lift, so probably similar to the um, Sour Jack. Mm. And it's usually like 19 to 27%. This one is 23.72. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. And it is really good for treating um, depression, chronic stress, anxiety, ADHD, migraines, um, nausea, or appetite loss. I definitely, one of the strains that I smoke a lot, it really helps with my nausea because ever since COVID, I'm always like hacking and I always have like a little bit of nausea. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. Yeah. Cannabis is just an amazing natural alternative for um, everything. I mean, for a lot of things, but definitely nausea, like being one of the top ones. Most definitely strains. headaches too. Yeah. Even, like, when I have my migraines, even if it, like, doesn't necessarily make the migraine go away or anything like that, like, mm-hmm. it's the only time I can sleep during a migraine. Is if I, smoke. I used to have horrible insomnia when I was younger. Younger, because I've been smoking for a damn long time. <laughs> what? 12 years? Mm-hmm. 15? If we're being real, 16. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mm. But, yeah, it's always really, really helped me sleep. Yeah. Because otherwise I just lay there with my anxious thoughts and oh yes, run through everything I've ever fucked up or said wrong or weird like, or awkwardly. the fucking movie attendant that said, enjoy your movie, and I said, you too, one time. I really want to cry. I like, that's, like, like that. so valid. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, correct. See who. Are you ready to get into this? Don't think I don't love you guys. I'm just going to be a little speedy because this is such a long. This man is fucked up. Yes. You have been prepared in case you don't know who Albert Hamilton Fish is. Um, His classification is a serial killer. He was known as the gray man or the werewolf of Wisteria. Not the gray man. Mm-hmm. Yes. He is gray. He is. It. Mm-hmm. 
he doesn't actually look to me like in this photo like he doesn't look like offensive to me you know some people you see him and you're like oh that tracks he doesn't immediately look like that to me um but his characteristics just as your warning were bless you Mm -hmm. your sneezes are so dainty (laughs) um but he was known as a sex pervert including cannibalism coprophilia urophilia pedophilia and masochism i'm gonna be honest i don't know what coprophilia or urophilia are and i I feel like urophilia has something to do with urine oh you're so smart i feel like the other one is probably poop just because why wouldn't it be um i have to look it up really quick because i'm just guessing that's my educated guess on that and i will like in just a moment Google doesn't even want to tell it to me. Like, when I'm trying to search up the word, it's like, mm-mm. It's oh, God, I want images. Let me fix that. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be on images for that. <laughs> okay, the, the answer that I got is another term for urolagnia. Sexual excitement with the sight or thought of urination. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, God, sorry, guys, I'm high. I'm trying to, like, search words. And then, well, now what are you searching? Copro, mm-hmm. Oh, God, if it's poop. It's definitely poop. I'm just, that's my educated guess. It, it can't be. I won't accept it. It's 100% going to be. <laughs> <clears throat> Abnormal interest in pleasure in feces and defecation. <laughs> I knew it. I... I knew it without even knowing it. Okay. <laughs> so, those so anyway. of you who don't have the stomach for this, you have been warned. <laughs> I could not warn you any harder. There is some foul shit in this situation. Literally. Like, mm-hmm. it's too soon. <laughs> it's, it's too soon. Um, okay. Oh, no. So, just to give you, like, some general information on this situation... The number of victims ranges anywhere from 3 to 10 plus. He was arrested in December, December 13th of 1934, and born May 19th, 1870. I need to know what his star sign is immediately. Please hold. Wait, when was it? May 19th. I don't know why I don't know. May 19th, Zodiac. A Taurus. Hmm. Hmm. All the Tauruses in my life are lovely. Unfortunate. Okay, anyway. Here we go. go. Albert Hamilton Fish, again, born May 19th, 1870. Met his maker January 16th, 1936. Um, He was an American sadomasochistic serial killer and cannibal. And as I said, he was also known as the Gray Man, the Werewolf of Wisteria, and possibly the Brooklyn Vampire, which we'll get into all of this. Um, He was quoted as boasting that he, in quotes, had children in every state. He honestly reminds me of Freddy Krueger. I don't know why. That's just, like, the feeling. Um, But that puts the figure somewhere around 100 Although it's not clear whether he was talking about molestation or cannibalism, if he's talking about murder, like, there's just no way to know. Um, 
they have specific confessions, which they have as like their guaranteed number, but there it's possible that there were hundreds mm-hmm. of victims. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of happiness at the beginning of the story because this is not to 2022. So he was put on trial for the kidnap and murder of someone named Grace Budd. He was convicted and got the electric chair. They wasted no time. Mm-mm-mm. So we are going to go into a little bit of his early life because somebody that has this much going on, I do think that's kind of interesting. Um, so he was born as Hamilton Fish in Washington, D.C. to Randall Fish, who lived from, oh, this is, okay. He lived from 1795 to 1875. Um, he said he'd been named after Hamilton Fish, who was a distant relative. Um, his father was 43 years older than his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, because he died, like, very soon afterwards. Yeah. And he, Fish was actually the youngest child, and he had three living sibling, siblings named Walter, Annie, and Edwin. I like the name Edwin. That's cute. Um, he wished to be called Albert after a dead sibling and to escape the nickname Ham and Eggs that he was given at an orphanage in which he spent many of his early years. That's the shit that always makes me sad. It's like, again, people just born to pieces of shit who then create more pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <clears throat> and here we go. Here we go. So many, <clears throat> many members of his family had mental illness. And then there was a specific member of his family who had, like, religious mania, which, I mean, that's so many people now. Um his father was a riverboat captain, but by 1870, um, he was an, a fertilizer manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, he, his father died of a, heart, of a heart attack at the 6th Street Station of the Pennsylvania Railroad in 1875 in Washington, D.C. Um, and at that time, that's when Albert was put into an orphanage where he was frequently whipped and beaten and eventually discovered that he enjoyed physical pain. Um, The beatings would often give him erections for which the other orphans would tease him, which only added to, like, the situation. Um, By about 1879, so four years later, his mother got a government job and was able to actually care for him. So she had only put him in the orphanage because she truly couldn't care for him because, as you can imagine... There was no way to stop having the kids at this time. <laughs> so here we are. Um, so, however, like, I mean, he's had all these experiences. It's already affected him. Um, he started a same-sex relationship in 1882 um, when he was 12 years old with a telegraph boy that he knew. Um, this boy in particular is the one who introduced him to drinking urine and fecal play i don't know what to call it by the way we're not trashing on you if that's your thing you know got it we just gotta say it live your life not for us um at this time albert began visiting like public bathhouses where he could watch boys undress Mm. um and he like got obsessed with it he would spend most of his weekends like doing these like little secret visits like he was hooked um unfortunately Mm -hmm. so by 1890 
he ended up in New York City and became a male sex worker. Um, and he did admit that at that time, that is when he started sexually assaulting young boys. Um, and he continued to do this well after his mother had arranged like an, a marriage for him. Because this is a fucking weird time and people just be doing what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1898, he was married to a woman who was nine years younger than him. Um, they proceeded to have six children. Albert, Anna, Gertrude, Eugene, John, and Henry. Um, around, he was actually arrested for embezzlement as well. And he was sentenced to incarceration, incarceration in Sing Sing in 1903, where he regularly had sex with men in prison. So he was like, all right, I mean, I'm just going to live my life. Um, Throughout 1898, he worked as a house painter, um, but he said all throughout this time he had continued to sexually assault children, mostly boys, and he preferred under the age of six. Oh, my God. Um, He later recounted an incident in which a male lover took him to a waxworks museum where Fish was fascinated by a bisection of a penis. So... As you can imagine, he then developed this, like a really morbid interest in castration. Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point, he began a relationship with a, a man who was mentally compromised, and he attempted to castrate him after tying him up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guy got fucking scared, and he was able to escape. Um, but then that like kind of pushed Albert, and then he started to like visit brothels more often, where he could like I'm sorry, be whipped he just and wasn't beaten. Reported for that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like eighteen fucking ninety, so you just didn't have anyone to call. I mean, this is like light years before a whole town thought they were talking to a fucking demon named Kate. That's fair. So we're just gonna. Well, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, then. <laughs> In 19, January 1917, his wife left him for John Strobe, a handyman who um, had boarded with them. Following the blatant rejection, um, Albert actually began to hear voices. So he um, said that once he wrapped himself up in a carpet, explaining that he was following the instructions of John the Apostle. So what it sounds like to me is that we may have somebody who comes from a history of mental illness and family of mental illness and probably has schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And then, like, on top of it, like, sexual deviancies. So that's great. Yeah, okay. That's for sure. So now we are going to get into the early attacks and where we're getting into, like, attempted abductions. Because, like, he definitely follows a very specific pattern of, like, stereotypical... Um, not build up. There's a word for it. Like um, we're getting worse and worse. It's, they always say it on Criminal Minds. Yes, he's escalating. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, so he committed what is possibly his first attack on um a young boy named Thomas Bedden in Wilmington, Delaware, in 1910. It's so creepy. I didn't realize that so much of this happened near where, like... 1910 is, like, the year of the World's Fair. Mm. But, like, the fact that, like, Wilmington is fairly close, like, it's just weird to me. I don't like it. Um, afterward, 
he stabbed, um, he stabbed like a mentally challenged, like young boy. It was kind of unclear as to how old the person was at, or, um, like what deficits there were. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was in Georgetown, Washington. Um, no, like Washington, D.C., like Georgetown cupcakes. Mm -hmm. Okay. God, that's the only reason I know where it is. The food. Um, okay. So, yeah, so that happened in D.C. Um, consistently, though, many of his intended victims would be either mentally affected or African-American because he perceived that they would not be missed. That's really... And that is the most beautiful example of white privilege I've ever read out loud. I hate him. Yeah. But, like, the next time somebody says to me, what does it mean? Like, or they're, like, some people generally are like, what am I missing? Help me. Here's what you're missing. Mm-hmm. Here's what you're missing. Just the clear. Just the clear assumption. The assumption. That, that won't be they missed. will not be missed because you perceive them to be lesser than you. I absolutely am them. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, there's that. On July 11th, which is the day of my birth, I mean, 1924, um, Albert found an eight-year-old Beatrice Keel playing alone on her parents' farm in Staten Island, and he offered her money to come help him look for rhubarb in the neighboring fields. She was about to leave, and her mom said, fuck that, and she chased him away. She said, absolutely not. Get the fuck out of here. Um, he left, but he returned later to their barn where he tried to sleep for the night. Um, but he was discovered by a man who lived in the household and was like, you got to get out of here. And he was like, I'm not going to attempt that again. And they don't even fucking know what they escaped. Um, and then on May 25th, 1928, a man named Edward Budd put a classified ad in the Sunday edition of the New York um, World that read, Young man, 18, wishes position in country. Edward Budd, 406 West 15th Street. I think he's saying that, like, he wants to live in America. Like, he's looking to trade something. That's just what I'm perceiving, but we'll confirm. Um, I don't know, but he's already in America. Okay, let me see. So, at this time, Albert Fish was 58 years old. Um, and he... Sorry. He visited... I have something in my eye. He visited the Bud family in Manhattan, New York City, under the pretense of hiring Edward. Oh, he was just looking for a job. I'm so sorry. That was a very broad, short assumption I made. Um, But it's weird to say, which is position in country? Oh, in the countryside. In the countryside. Okay, guys. (laughs) Honestly, that's an example of white privilege. My fucking dumbass. God, I'm sorry, but you know what? We all need to learn, man. So anyway, in the fucking countryside. Let me let me find my place. I got so flustered. Um, yes, under the pretense of hiring Edward. Um, he introduced himself as Frank Howard, a farmer from Farmingdale, New York. That's fine. Um, when he arrived, he met Bud's younger sister, who was 10-year-old Grace. Um, he... Albert promised to hire Bud and said he would send for him um, in a few days. 
On a second visit, he agreed to hire Bud, like I guess officially, and then convinced the parents, who was uh, who were Delia Flanagan and Albert Bud, to let Grace accompany him to a birthday party that evening at his sister's home. I'm absolutely done. I need to understand in what world you would like let your child go with a grown man to no. a birthday party. No, I don't care what fucking year it is. What no. the fuck? Okay. Um, Albert Sr. was a porter for the Equitable Life Assurance Society. And this is Albert Bud, not Albert that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That That is the murderer. Thank you. Um, anyway. Uh, Grace had a sister who was named Beatrice and two other brothers named Albert Bud II and George Bud. Albert did, in fact, leave with Grace that day and he never came back. Um, what a surprise. The police ended up arresting a man named Charles Edward Pope on September 5th, 1930, um, as a suspect of the kidnapping. He was a 66-year-old apartment house superintendent, and he was accused by his estranged wife. Uh, he actually spent 108 days in jail, um, excuse me, between his arrest and trial, which was December 22nd, 1930 fucking capricorns okay so this poor guy's over here like doing time for the crime he did not commit Mm -mm. seven years later in so albert fish is in his 60s um in november 1934 an anonymous letter got sent to um the victim's parents which led the police to albert fish the letter which i'm gonna read for you um has all of, like, Albert's misspellings and, like, errors, so if I get a little bit tongue-tied, that's why. Dear Miss Bud, in, and sorry, in 1894, a friend of mine shipped as a deckhand on the steamer Tacoma Captain John Davis. They sailed from San Francisco for Hong Kong, China. On arriving there, he and two others went ashore and got drunk. When they returned, the boat was gone, and that time there was a a famine in China. Meat of any kind was from one to three dollars per pound. So great was the suffering among the very poor that all the children under 12 were sold for food in order to keep others from starving. A boy or girl under 14 was not safe in the street. You could go in any shop and ask for steak, chops, or stew meat, and part of the naked body of a boy or girl would be brought out. I'm sorry, I'm blind. I am literally blind. Would be brought out. Oh, and just what you wanted to cut from it. You can um, zoom in on the front. You know. I know. I just. I am upset. I know. That's really good. Um. Okay. I knew. I knew these like facts, but I just like a boy or girl's behind, which is the. <clears throat> sweetest part of the body and sold as veal cutlet Mm -mm. brought the highest price Mm -mm. john said he was there so long he acquired a taste for human flesh Mm -mm. on his return to new york he stole two boys one seven and one eleven took them to his home stripped them naked tied them in a closet then burned everything they had on Several times every day and night, he spanked them, tortured them, and thought that it would make their meat 
good and tender. And this is his writing, by the way. This is him. First, he killed the 11 year old boy because he. Mm. I elect not to read that. Yeah. He perceived him to be more voluptuous. No. Mm-hmm. I'm dead. Uh, every part of his body was cooked and eaten except the head, bones, and guts. He was roasted in the oven. I'm going to be honest. I can't. I, I, it's hard because the story is the details. Like what makes the story is there's so much gruesome detail, but it's like it's really making me sad. Yeah, have to I'm just like, I'm skip. I am skipping things because mm-hmm. there's certain things that, that you don't fucking need to hear them to mm-hmm. understand what's going on. Um, so basically he was saying that the same thing happened to the younger boy and at this time, he was living at 409 East 100 Street near right side. He. Oh, sorry. This guy's so fucking dumb. I'm not sure what I'm talking about. But I think it's being described as like another person told him he did this. And then because it says he told me so often how good human flesh was. I made up my mind to taste it. So I'm. it sounds to me like. There is someone that he knew that was able to get children and was doing this. And I don't, I can't be sure. His writing is stupid, but that's how I'm kind of perceiving it. Let me carry on. On Sunday, June 3rd, 1928, I called on you at 406 West 15th Street, brought you pot cheese strawberries. We had lunch. Oh. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. No, ew. I made up my mind to eat her. Uh, well, on the pre- just makes up their mind to eat someone. Mm-hmm. On the pretense of taking her to a party. Why would you write this to a mother? You said yes, she could go. Mm. <sighs> I took her to an empty house in Westchester I'd already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside where she picked wildflowers i went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off i knew if i did not i would get her blood on them when all was ready i went to the window and called her then i hid in the closet until she was in the room she fought very hard as he choked her to death that's all we're gonna go into with that um he did then proceed to cannibalize her. Um, it took him nine days to finish eating her. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of how to say this next. He did not sexually assault her, but he regrets that he did not. Oh. And I'm like, I'm sure she's thankful. Fucker. I hate people. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Bud, so Grace's father, was illiterate and couldn't read. I'm sorry, Mrs., not Mr. Mrs., her mom, couldn't read the letter herself. So she had her son read it instead. Hmm. Albert later admitted, admitted to his attorney that he did. He did indeed sexually assault Grace, but he was a compulsive liar. So 
we don't really know. Um, he had told the police when asked if he had done it that never even entered his head to rape the girl. Okay. So I don't, like, I don't know why, like, what he gets out of that. I mean, there, clearly he, he's fucked all the way around. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about his capture. Okay. The letter was delivered in an envelope that had this small, like, hexagonal emblem with the letters NYPCBA, standing for New York Private Chauffeurs Benevolent Association. Hmm. Somebody stuck on themselves. Oh, that's the actual name. Okay. A janitor at the company told police he had taken some of the stationery home but left it at his rooming house at 200 East 52nd Street when he moved out. Bro, this is so long ago that they are going to track this motherfucker with paper. Mm -hmm. With fucking paper. Paper trail. It's paper. You ever seen Waterworld? No. Oh. Um, is that where paper trail comes from? I literally thought it meant like you leave a trail of your receipts and like your... Well, yeah. Okay. I think we're going to say we're both right. Yeah, we are. Okay, great. Um, This is how Maddie and I (laughs) solve any argument. We are. (laughs) We are both correct. Um, Okay, so the landlady of the rooming house said that Albert had asked her to hold his next check for him. So William F. King, who was the lead investigator, waited outside the room until Albert returned. He agreed to go to the headquarters for questioning. Um, but at the street door, he lunged at the officer with a razor in each hand. He was disarmed um, and taken to police headquarters. Um, he didn't make any attempt to deny the Grace Bud murder, saying that he had meant to go to the house to kill Edward, who was Grace's brother. Okay. So then we have, okay, so now he's captured. So, like, we have some things that have come to light, like, after he's captured. So, Billy Gaffney is who we're going to talk about next. Um, So, there was a child named Billy Gaffney who was playing in the hallway outside of his family's apartment in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Um, He was playing with his friend, also named Billy, Billy Beaton, on February 11th, 1927. What's up with this guy in 11s? Um, Both of the boys actually disappeared, but the friend Billy was found on the roof of the apartment house. And when they asked him what happened to the other Billy... He said that the boogeyman took him. I know. It's fucking horrible. Initially, a man named Peter Kudzanowski was a suspect in the murder of Billy. Um, then a man named Joseph Meehan. Um, sorry, he was a motorman on the Brooklyn trolley. He saw a picture of Albert in the newspaper and identified him as a man that he had seen on February 11th, 1927, who was trying to quiet a little boy sitting with him on a trolley. Mm-hmm. Um, the boy wasn't wearing a jacket and was crying for his mother and oh, was dragged, baby. I know, by the man on and off the trolley. No one said anything? No. Police matched mm-hmm. the description of the child to Billy Gaffney. His body was sadly never recovered. Um, but his mother did visit Albert in Sing Sing to try to get more details. Um, and this, the following is what he confessed. Okay. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I brought him to the Riker Avenue dumps 
there's a house that stands alone not far from where I took him. I took the boy there, stripped him naked, and tied his hands and feet and gagged him with a piece of dirty rag I picked out of the dump. Then I burned his clothes, threw his shoes in the dump. Then I walked back and took the trolley to 59th Street at 2 a.m. and walked from there home. The next day at about 2 p.m., I took tools, a good heavy cat of nine tails, homemade, short handle, cut one of my belts in half, slit these halves in six strips about eight inches long. Um... What is he strapping up for? He then proceeded to... Oh, my God. I can't. It's, like, important, but, it's like, it's... When I... Okay. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just going to put the trigger warning on it. That's all I can do. Um. I'm not going to read it in his, like, weird, stupid wording, because I feel like it's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'm going to... I am going to go into what he did. So this is your last warning to peace out. Um, so he whipped him with it because if you remember, he liked being whipped when he was in the orphanage. So he whipped him with it on his back and like his buttocks until he was bleeding. No. He cut off his ears no. and his nose and he slit his mouth from ear to ear and he gouged out his eyes According to him, he was dead then. Um, so I don't really know if, like, that's what it took for him to die, but I'm going to choose to imagine that he went into shock instead. He then okay. stabbed him in the stomach with a knife and drank his blood. Okay. He then picked up four, like, sacks and gathered up a pile of stones um okay he proceeded to cook and eat him on site that's what we're gonna go with i i can't do much i can't do anymore um he basically describes in great detail um oh i am sorry i lied i thought i was reading that he was cannibalizing him but he was not he was just dismembering him so that he could dispose of him and took some home for later um he vividly describes the boy's genitals that he ate no i'm really trying hard all right he he ate the entirety and describes in detail the recipe that's what we're gonna go with all right Hmm. um and he ate him over four days Yeah. I just he's he makes very vivid things, sexual references to children that like mm-hmm. there's just I'm not serving anything by you hearing that. There's mm-hmm. truly no reason. You can just choose to receive that information. Um he was prior to all this incarcerated. Sorry, like my heart is racing. Um he was married on February 6th. 1930 at the Waterloo, New York. I'm sorry, in Waterloo, New York. Fuck. To a Mrs. <laughs> Estella Wilcox. I'm so stressed. Um, they divorced after one week. 
Um, he had been arrested then in May 1930 for sending an obscene letter to an African-American woman who answered an advertisement for a maid. He had been sent to the Bellevue Psychiatric Hospital in 1930 and 1931 for observation following his arrest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In Waterloo. So now we're going to get into the trial and execution. And then we're going to get into, it's like weird. There's so much because there's all these possible victims and things. There's just like a lot that surrounds this guy and like the possibilities. And it's a very different time. So like I'm genuinely surprised we have this much information. I know. Um, the trial for the premeditated murder of Grace Budd began on Monday, March 11th. What's with the 11th? That's weird. 1935 in White Plains, New York. Mm. Not White Plains, New York. No. We have a connection to White Plains, New York. Not White Plains, New York. Oh, my God. Treachery comes from there. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The judge, who was named Frederick P. Close, and Chief Assistant District Attorney Albert F. Gallagher, as well as the prosecuting attorney, uh, Jesus, attorney, (laughs) (laughs) James Dempsey, was Albert's defense attorney. Mm -hmm. The trial lasted for 10 days. Albert pleaded insanity and claimed to have heard voices from God telling him to kill the children. Yet again, here's the thing. Can, like, people just stop blaming God? Look, he, this guy gave us a whole existence and was like, I don't need anything except for you to just be love and happy. And all we've done is been like, how do we blame this guy and then also become supervillains? Be a Baptist. Okay. Y'all, I keep getting so worked up, so I keep forgetting my spot. Anyway, God was telling him to kill the kids. Several psychiatrists testified about his sexual fetishes, including all the weird shit he wants to do. And he told him. <laughs> but there was a disagreement as to whether they were, like, indicative that he was insane. Um, the defense's chief expert witness was Frederick Wortham. A psychiatrist with a focus on child development who conducted psychiatric examinations for the New York criminal courts. He stated that Fish was insane. Another defense witness, yes, was Mary Nichols, who was Fish's 17-year-old stepdaughter. She described how Albert taught her and her brothers and sisters a game involving overtones of masochism and child molestation. Uh, The jury, based on that, found him to be sane and guilty, and the judge ordered the death sentence. Back when you just believe victims. Excuse me. Good job, Judge Close. Um, After being sentenced, he confessed to the murder of 8-year-old Francis X. McDonald, killed on Staten Island. Francis was playing on the front porch of his home near Port Richmond, Staten Island, in July, um, July 15th, specifically, 1924. Um, His mother reported seeing an old man walk by clenching and unclenching his fists. He walked past without saying anything. Later in the day, the old man was seen again, but this time he was watching Francis and his friends play. Okay. Francis' body was found in the woods near where um, a neighbor had seen Francis and the old man going earlier that afternoon. Like, 
all these people seeing shit, like your mother saying it. Oh, yeah, just an old man. I mean, I guess. Uh. Well, he proceeded to assault this child and strangle him with his suspenders. So, um, well, Albert arrived in March of 1935 to prison and was executed on January 1936. So they took not that long. Mm -hmm. Um, He was um, executed in the electric chair sing sing, like I said. He entered the chamber at 11.06 p.m. and was pronounced dead three minutes later. And was buried in the Sing Sing Prison Cemetery. That's a swift death because sometimes those electric chairs do not kill you the first time. Mm-mm. But three minutes is a long time before your body dies, so hopefully he was miserable the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was recorded to have said that electrocution would be the supreme thrill of my life just before the switch was slipped. He stated, I don't even know why I am here. Legend has it that his execution took longer due to the numerous needles inserted into his genitals, which disrupted the flow of electricity. None of us would be mad if that was true. So the victims that we know to be true are Francis X. McDonald, who was eight years old, and that was the July 15th, 1924. Billy Gaffney, who was aged eight, and that was February 11th, 1927. And then Grace Budd, who we spoke about first, who was 10 years old and a female and was killed on June 3rd, 1928. Um, Albert actually denied involvement with any other murders. However, he was a suspect in three other murders. Um, Detective William King believed that he may have been the Brooklyn vampire who was a rapist and murderer who mainly preyed on children. Mm -hmm. The children that that killer had preyed on um, included in 1927 Yetta Abramowitz, who was 12 years old from the Bronx. She was strangled and beaten on the roof of a five-story apartment house at 1013 Simpson Street. That stands out to me because when he had kidnapped the one Billy, the other Billy was found on the roof. So I'm like, that's interesting. I don't know if that's just like a common thing. But um, she died in a hospital soon after she was found. The murderer escaped, but 20 detectives and many uniformed policemen were hunting for a tall young man who was said to have tried to lure several young girls um, of the neighborhood into dark hallways and alleys on May 14th, 1927. The only reason this seems off to me is because he had already said his preference was younger. But as he gets older, the victims are getting older. So I guess it seems younger comparatively. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, I'm probably just overthinking it. In 1932, there was a girl named Mary Ellen O'Connor who was 16 in Far Rockaway in Queens. And on February 15th, 1932... It's interesting because, like, a lot of the times line up. Um, her mutilated body was found in the woods close to a house that um, Albert had actually been painting. Hmm. So it is very possible. It's just weird because the the first set of killings and this set of killings all have their own individual sets of, like, um, features. So to me, it would seem more like you would kind of be all over the map each time versus, like, in clusters. But I don't actually know. Um, and then in 1932, there was a Benjamin Collings, but all the information that's available is that he was 17 years old. Um, that's all I got. Sorry that it's been so back and forth, but, um, 
as you know by now maddie and i try to record a couple episodes at one time mm-hmm. and our time is so precious mm-hmm. and so <laughs> sparse <laughs> that it is now 11 p.m and i have to be to work at 7 30 it's fine but we want to bring this for you guys and we really like hanging out with each other and doing it so we're doing our best but sometimes it's just a little bit more offensive you can literally hear how tired i am in my voice <laughs> But I did my best, and I'm sorry the story was so gross. I tried very hard to cut out a lot of gross things. Yeah, it that way. He is a disturbed human being. Well, he's dead. So. We didn't even talk about it, but, like, he would he loved inflicting pain on himself to the point where he would just shove needles in his skin. Yeah, he was fucking sick. I just, like, couldn't even... Ugh, it was just so gross. Also, on a more positive note, I had... I talked about Hagrid, right? My little baby spider. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have on one of the episodes. Well, I've obviously never had a spider, and the one jumping spider I got had passed away. Ew, that creeps me out. Just thinking about it. Oh, I shouldn't tell you the rest of the story then. But I'm trying to overcome my fear of spiders, and I find jumping spiders to be adorable. That's so scary. I've held him several times. He <laughs> just literally runs to the end of my fingers and Spider-Man's himself back into his thing. He's like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had his first molt, and so they shed their whole like body and then eat it and he like was eating it and i was so proud of him and he looked so big and i don't know if he's just calling to his people but since we've had him i have found five adult jumping spiders in this house and let me tell you something they are the most non-confrontational spider you'll ever meet one was literally in the litter box and i we didn't want to kill it because we're like oh no we have to be nice to them now because like we have one we don't want him to think we're a murderer so Sean's like trying to scoot it with his finger and no. it's just like running away no. but like not getting the assignment. No. And then I found a female one on a curtain in the office and she was like all stretched out right like normal and I walked over to get close to her and she pulled all her legs in real tight and went like this like a little she was scared and it was fucking cute. Have you ever watched a cute jumping spider video? No. Guys convince this bitch. No. Spiders are horrifying. Okay. Well this spider is precious well that's the good news and my snake should be laying eggs any day any day and then i have to film a youtube video for that i i have a lot of side hustles for a bitch that don't make no side money (laughs) (laughs) that's like where's the compensation a firm fact (laughs) so the compensation is i get to see maddie that's literally the compensation you're welcome Love love you long time Well, we have nothing more to say, so bye. (laughs) Bye.